Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Yes, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. How's your pandemic going, everybody? (laughs) I haven't completely lost my mind yet. Getting close, getting close, people, I'll be honest. But listen, we got some good news today. You know, John Krasinski's doing his Some Good News thing, which he just wrapped up. Very good, by the way. Check it out on YouTube if you hadn't seen it. And I always like to inject some good news here. And the good news is that one of the great traditions of the Boston professional community, the lawyer community, will continue this year. Yes, it will. It's the Lawyers Have Heart Road Race to raise money for the American Heart Association. I've been connected to this to this event in some fashion, sometimes uh, tertiary fashion, light fashion. Nevertheless, I've been there almost every year for uh, the 12 years it's been gone and it's gone so far. And for the 13th time, the annual road race will occur in virtual fashion. How, you may ask? Well, I have the people here in studio virtual studio to answer the questions with me today a full cast of characters ben perkins who's the vice president of health strategies for the american heart association josh lenowitz and now josh you can tell me right now how badly i mispronounced your name go ahead you absolutely killed it i did all right josh (laughs) josh is the rose race chairman he is also the manager of Forensic and Integrity Services over at Ernst & Young. We have Dave McGilvray, who is the BAA, Boston Marathon Director. BAA is the Boston Athletic Association. You knew that, right, people? And, of course, my good friend, Allison Dowen, who's been... How many years is this for you, Allison? This will be my sixth road race. Wow. God. You don't look a day over four road races. She's the Development Director for the Lawyers Have Heart Road Race. Let's properly welcome you to... The virtual studio. Well, good on you guys. Good on you. Now, Josh, since since you're the chairman, well, we got chairmans and chairs and chair people and people, important people all over. But what the heck? I'll start with you, Josh. What um, what's the deal? Like um, when you when it dawned upon you that this was not going to be a live road race, were you um, uh, bummed out? And then what was your next thought? And how did we get here to actually continuing to hold this thing? So at first I was really disappointed. I knew it was on the horizon. I, I knew from the news out there that that's probably what was going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we delayed it as much as possible to see what we could do and what the city was going to do. Um, but I knew with Allison's leadership and, and the team at the AHA and the team that I have working with me on the board that we had a lot of work in front of us to try to do a virtual event um, and try to keep people engaged as much as possible, as much as they generally would be for the race year. So I'm a, let me go to Ben, Ben Perkins. And Ben, tell me, it, maybe it's between you and Allison to answer this question, but let's start with how is it actually going to work? By the way, oh, sorry, I should say Friday, June 12th, Friday, June 12th. 
And uh, Allison, what's what's the URL we should send people to? www.lhhboston.org is our website. And how will things work? (laughs) Quite simply, though, honestly, pretty straightforward. Um, We can't ask anybody to get together to run or walk these 3.1 miles. So what we are asking of people is when you register for Lawyers Have Heart, first and foremost, 99% of that registration fee is directly benefiting our mission at the Heart Association. So there's the first win is just getting registered. You're making a huge impact in what the AHA is doing right now, not just in COVID-19 relief um, and in response, I should say, but just to keep pushing our mission forward. So we are asking individuals to simply commit to 3.1 miles of movement on June 12th, which is a Friday. So you can walk you can run. I like to say you can walk. That's about where I am right now in my (laughs) training, a little bit of walking, a little bit of jogging in there. Um, And so you can run this, walk this on your treadmill around your neighborhood. You can head to the local park. Um, We just want people to sign up and commit to moving on June 12th. All right. Well, I like that. Ben, what were your thoughts when this, when this whole thing first hit and can you do it? Can you pivot and make it something worthwhile online? Well, from from my perspective, so I, I oversee the mission-related activities. So um, when COVID struck, it immediately uh, forced us to think about how we do our work in the community. Our job is really to identify the communities that are most impacted by heart disease and stroke and provide resources and build relationships with organizations that are doing that work. And so um, one of the things I like to say is when we looked at a map of Boston and where we have the greatest amounts of cardiovascular disease and stroke, and we look at a map of COVID-19 currently, uh, you'll see that they uh, overlap quite significantly. Uh, So in some ways, it wasn't a surprise. And so the challenge for us, of course, is what do we do now? And uh, I'm really excited to say that there's a lot to be done uh, in the communities. And we've been working to make sure that uh, the communities that are most impacted also have the resources they need. uh, And there are lots of different ways we're doing that. So um, let me continue to go around the horn here and I'll go to Dave Dave McGilvery. So Tell us um, if, if you think is, is part of the goal for people to get the same buzz, to get the same vibe. It's always such a great event, and there's always this big powwow and people eating and drinking at the end. And then uh, I usually give out the awards when no one's paying attention and no one can hear me over the PA. But nevertheless, nevertheless, it's a nice, warm story. And Dave, I know this, this is, pers- kidding aside, I know this is personal to you. So tell me what your thoughts have been supporting this, this race and, and what this year is going to be like. Well, first of all, just for full disclosure, I'm not an attorney. Okay. Um, <laughs> we welcome you anyways. <laughs> that's, the point being is anybody can do this. You don't have to be a lawyer to do the lawyers have heart. Um, and I'm honored to be the honorary chair once again. Um, but for me, it, I think the reason why I was approached is because recently I learned a tough lesson that um, just because you're fit doesn't mean you're healthy. Um, for 60 years of my life, I thought it did. 
Mm-hmm. And then, um, unfortunately for me, a few years ago, I was out running and I could feel this discomfort in my chest. And long story short, I went to Mass General Hospital and they did all these tests on me and they said, you're fine. I said, I'm not fine. I, I can't breathe when I'm running. And I said, you got to give me the big boy tests, you know, look under the hood. Mm. And uh, they did a Cascan angiogram and they found out that I had severe coronary artery disease. Um, and that was a tough thing to, to accept. Um, the first emotion I felt was embarrassment, um, you know, because I've always felt I portrayed this symbol of athleticism and fitness. And all of a sudden now kryptonite has entered my world and, and uh, am I going to survive this? Uh, and I turned to my doctor, I remember, and I said, I have one question to ask you. He said, what? I said, is this reversible? <laughs> right. Said, well, it, it depends. Fix and I it. said, depends on what? And he said, depends on the person. And I said, well, you're looking at him. You know, he said, well, you with your discipline, I think you can have an impact in your own coronary artery disease. And so I said, okay, sign me up. And I said, but I got one thing for you. He said, what? I said, zip it up. He said, what do you mean? I said, don't tell anyone. Mm. He said, why? And I said, because this is a ding in my armor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want anyone, I don't want anyone to know I have this, you know? It, <clears throat> so long story short, and then I started getting cards and letters from people because it leaked out that I had this and they said, Hey, if it can happen to him, it can happen to me. And, um, they said, you know, I heard about your, your illness. And when I heard about it, I went and got checked myself because I had similar discomforts and walked out of the hospital with three stents. Mm. And you saved my life. So it all changed drastically for me. And it goes on and on about what eventually happened really quick. So yeah. I, yeah. I did recover. I was able to do the Ironman again in Hawaii. I went out and did the seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Um, and then I could feel it come back again. And lo and behold, um, it did come back. And um, I went back to Mass General. They said, you get 90% blockage. And uh, I said, well, in six months, this will, there's this little jogathon in Boston. Uh, <laughs> but I've done a few Baby times, rest. 47 times. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you think? And he gave me the best possible answer. He didn't say, yes, I think you can do it. No, I don't think you can. He said, I, I'd be extremely disappointed if you couldn't do it. And it gave me something that we all need in our life. Mm-hmm. And that gave me that four-letter word, hope. I said, okay, I have something to truly go after now. And I was able to recover enough, but not do too much delicate balance because I didn't want to hurt myself, but I was able to get myself back out there and do my 47th Boston marathon. So, so anyways, that's my story regarding heart illness. And in terms of this virtual, you know, I direct a lot of races. In fact, I had 35 races on my schedule this year Mm. that direct across the country, including the Boston Marathon, which is postponed till September, but we still don't know for sure. But for the most part, all those races have pretty much gone over the cliff. So now what do we do? And that's why we're doing this virtual with Lawyers Have Heart, because we need something. We need an outlet. We still need to get the job done. Yeah, it's in a modified way, but you can still do it. On Patriots Day, this past Patriots Day, we couldn't run the Boston Marathon course, but I'd run the Boston Marathon on Patriots Day for 47 years. So what did I do? I stepped out of my front door and ran around the neighborhood for 26.2 miles and <laughs> ran my own version of the Boston Marathon on Patriots Day. Why? Because that's what I do. And that's what we do with Lawyers Have Heart. We do this race in one way, shape, or form to give back to the American Heart Association. 
Dave, did you, did I hear you right? Did you say seven marathons on seven continents in seven days? Did you say that? I did say that. You believe me too? <laughs> Every yeah. once in a while, this podcaster pays attention to what the guest is saying, and that was uh, a notable one. I, I need a little more color on that. What what mm-hmm. were the? I don't even know how many continents are there. How many continents are there? Well, seven. There was <laughs> there were only seven. Okay, I was going to yeah. say it. It the the. Uh, Okay, how? How? Let's just let All right, well, I don't want to get off track here, but, you know, I, there was a, a group of like 30 of us who did it. And we started in Antarctica, ran a marathon there, got back on the plane, flew to Cape Town, South Africa, get off the plane, ran a marathon there, got back on the plane, flew to Perth, Australia, ran a marathon there, got back on the plane, flew to Dubai in Asia, did a marathon there, and then flew to Lisbon, Portugal, did a marathon there, flew to Cartagena in South America and Columbia did a marathon there, flew to Miami, Florida, finished up with a marathon there. Seven days, seven marathons, seven continents. What's the big deal, David? You can you can now reveal on the Boston podcast, uh, Dave, you are a robot, right? You're not you're not actually flesh and blood. Uh, well, I'm not invincible either, and that's what this lesson is is all about, is that even no, no. though I thought I was Superman kind of thing in my own little mind and world, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Josh, let me move back to you. I know that you've been marshalling the forces of the volunteers, and in a typical year, that means the usual calling meetings and getting people to you know, get the word out and get out to their possible big fundraisers. And then, of course, the, the number of people that need to work the event, which is going to be different this year. So how is your role different this year? And you know, is the enthusiasm still there as you connect with people and have your meetings and things like that? Yeah, I think we did have the benefit of the first half of our, what we call our race year of being in person. I think this would have been a lot more challenging if this happened sooner. So we, we were still able to up until March conduct our meetings, our committee meetings in person, be able to have small chats um, in smaller groups, more focused sponsorship chats in person, which was hugely beneficial to creating momentum for the year, which is really what we try to do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the past two meetings have been Zoom meetings. We've, we've actually, it's been interesting. We've had more participation and attendance in some meetings since people have, have been staying home. Wow. Um, Silver lining there. Yeah. Yeah. So we've seen participation in, in, in some of what we're doing actually increase. Um, you know, we, we still do have an army of volunteers and, uh, you know, the two committees we have have definitely not lost focus. If anything, this has made people work harder and find more creative ways to do the reach out that we would traditionally do face to face and try to do the best that we can on, you know, all the social social media platforms and really pulling different ideas um, from all over the place to try to make this happen. I'll go back to you again, Ben Perkins. So I liked what you said about focusing on the communities that need the help the most. Is it a year from now? Do you see your work kind of going back to normal or will there be some things you learn along the way about just, just in, in working with these communities that are most touched by the COVID thing? Tell me about, tell me about that. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think, um, what we're actually learning from COVID is uh, for a lot of us who've worked in public health, stuff we've already known. But I think what's happened is it's raised the public's consciousness in a way that it hadn't been raised before. 
So we're not returning to normal pre-COVID. Wherever we go is going to be some new place. And hopefully the lessons that we've learned from this can transform some of the ways that we do things for the better. And I think that's what a lot of us are hoping for, uh, because ultimately the more effective we are at doing our work, the less likely we are to see the sort of downstream effects of, of what happens when a system fails folks, namely they come in, they have heart attacks and strokes. We wanna move as far upstream, if you will, to do the kinds of things, to do the kind of work that keeps folks uh, out of the hospital whenever possible. So uh, my hope is that we're learning these lessons in ways that will help us to really improve uh, the systems of care that are out there now. Yeah, it's just, a, it's also, I think, um, an opportune time to remind people of what's really important. I mean, it's just, if if you haven't gone through the seven stages of, of uh pandemic or whatever we want to call them you're probably people people have uh you know it's like i'll draw a twisted analogy as i always do to film and uh, people have said this is like groundhog day the movie with bill murray because you wake up and it's the same thing over again and over again and in the film what if you recall what happens to him is he goes through phases he goes through phases where he gets despondent he gets suicidal then all of a sudden he gets very magnanimous he gets happy and kind of over and over again, but he, he obviously gets reflective. Like, what am I really doing? If I'm, if I really got this one same day, what am I going to do with it? So I hope people have taken a minute to, to, at some point to think, you know, what, if not now, when, if I, if I don't think of the charities that are important to me, the people that are important to me in my life, when, and, and hopefully some of the, the people that are the big supporters of the American Heart Association have, have acknowledged that. I'll go back to you, Ben, for a sec. Did, am I onto something there? Uh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think we're we're using it as a rallying cry, because, again, uh, what we know is that covid I mean, interestingly enough, covid uh, folks who have pre-existing conditions, which I'm sure a lot of us have heard folks talking about, namely cardiovascular disease, are are even more vulnerable or folks who are diabetic are more prone to have cardiovascular disease and therefore more vulnerable. So um, those are all things to, for us to really be mindful of uh, in, during, during the time of this pandemic is that there are so many individuals out there who fall into a vulnerable category, even the folks we may not think of as, as being vulnerable. Al- Allison, let's go to you. So tell me what people will actually experience when they tune in that day. And once again, Friday, June 12th. Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, there are a few different registration fee options. So when you sign up, you can either pay the 40 or the 65, $40, you'll receive that finisher medal, 65, a finisher medal and a t-shirt. And so race day, you'll receive that medal and t-shirt prior to race day. Um, Again, you can run at whatever run or walk at whatever time. Um, of the day that works best for you. We will have a music mix prepared by our DJ, DJ Wyatt. He's been volunteering um, for the event for probably four or five years now. He's a stroke survivor himself, and that's how he originally started volunteering with us. So he'll be making our runners and walkers their very own exclusive music mix for the day of. 
Um, they will also be able to self-enter their time. And our big, really race day to DAW is our Facebook event page. We will have an opening ceremony video, a race gun video. We will have mile markers. We'll have water stops. We are really hoping that individuals will post and tag us in their sweaty selfies at their virtual finish line, hopefully wearing that race medal that they received and hopefully that t-shirt as well, so that we can really just get everybody buzzing about Lawyers Have Heart um, on Friday, June 12th. And the two hashtags we'll be using that day are hashtag LHHBoston and hashtag Relentless together awesome i love it come on this is the easiest and by the way people don't you want don't you want the t-shirt go for the higher level go for the 65 bucks come on um american heart association needs it absolutely this year just as much as any other year and um you could get you know uh the medal you know that's the closest i'm ever going to get to a medal i mean i think the (laughs) last the last medal i got was for you know fourth grade soccer or something like that so well and to that point dave we Mm -hmm. actually just added and i can't believe I forgot about this uh, registration option for the kiddos to join in on the fun. So for kids, it is $20 um, and they will receive that finisher medal as well. When they, I believe the kids registration is 17 and under um, and they can join the parents and running, walking, biking, whatever it is, get them out of the house on Friday, June 12th to move with you. And there you go. All you people who are cooped up, who are cooped up and are losing your minds, your kids are going to get a medal. So get out there and register now. You, so you register now, you, you, you get the medal ahead of time so you can actually put it on you. Is that right, Allison? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Anybody cool. who registers before June 2nd, which is our 10 day countdown, will receive their medal and T-shirt in the mail prior to the race. Cool. And uh, I'm sorry, Allison, but give it, I have short-term uh, memory loss. That's what this pandemic is doing to me. Um, give us the URL again, please, where people go. Yeah, no problem. It is www.lhhboston.org. Cool. We've got just a few, we're up against the clock a little bit here, but we've got a few minutes left. We're going to play. So my panelists, listen, listen up, ladies and gents, lady and gents. Um, this is a segment called Good Stuff, where we have people recommend something good in their lives, something, and it could be something as simple as a good thing you saw on TV or some coping device you have for surviving the pandemic. If you'd like to add something about the American Heart Association, please do. I mean, the floor is yours as we go into this segment of Good Stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Allison was dancing a little bit, a little, but, but, um, the other guys are too cool for school, I guess. Uh, so Dave, as we play and and really the, uh, this is wide open, Dave. So tell us either something good that's gotten help gotten you through the pandemic or some way you're coping or some such thing like that. Well, I, you know, uh, everyone can feel full of self pity, mm. you know, that this is hit them on the knees and down they're going, but there's always someone else that probably has a tougher battle than, than you. Um, so for me, it was the same with being diagnosed with coronary artery disease. I did go through those five stages of denial and, yeah. and anger yeah. and depression and, and finally acceptance. And I think we have to understand that this is here. So we have to accept it. Now, how do we process it and deal with it? And uh, so the, so the mission in, 
at least for this race, for me is um, one thing, and that is awareness. You know, Massachusetts has a public safety campaign. It's if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. campaign now is if you feel something, say something. It's the same thing with COVID. And if you feel something, you have to take action and advocate for yourself. The most important person on the planet is you, and you have to take care of yourself. That's going to be a hard act to follow for the rest of our panelists. But let's uh, let's go to Josh. Josh, give us something good. Yeah, so my good thing, I guess, is is just really, after this, living in the moment, just being appreciative for what you have, I think, for a lot of us. And I'm glad I'm over my stages and I'm at the acceptance stage and have been... <laughs> Now, um, a little dark there for a little while. Yeah, but just being appreciative, I think that's what these past couple months is about. And and whether that's of the time you get with your family members, um, or the time you get outside and being active, or you know, for a lot of us, a time at a gym and being able to escape. I think it has shown me at least that that means a lot more to me now than I think it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, how about you, Ben? Give us something good. Something good. So uh, gratitude. And I'm great. I'm grateful, particularly today, a dear friend of mine sent me this quote by Albert Camus, which he says, in the midst of winter, I found that there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy for it says no matter how hard the world pushes against me within me, there's something stronger, something better pushing right back. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some applause for that one. That's, that's- Allison, you lose because you have to follow Ben quoting Camus. That's very cool. No, I, I love I love a good quote, and and it's to me the that quote inspires me. To me, it's it's also you can learn a thing or two about yourself in in, time, in times when you're down or when you're stuck, and it's forced it's forced me to be more creative. I I, I think, and I'm I happen to be a creative guy, but for example, I, I started doing a, a weekly call with my. Um, family, extended family, cousins and aunts and uncles and my parents who uh, I, I, you know, I, as they age, I want to spend more time with my parents. It's got to be a little bit more scary for them. They're pushing 80 than the rest of us. So we just started doing these weekly calls and now everybody looks forward to them because everybody prepares like little videos that they share and they're all little jokes and things like that. But we've actually kind of, a few of us kind of gotten to know each other a little better. And that's just by you know, virtue of the, the will to, to, to keep getting together and to keep doing things that, and in some, in some cases, some things that you might not have done should we have not experienced this pandemic. I didn't say that right, but you get the point, people. You're smart. Allison, uh, give us something good before we close up. Well, I was trying to rack my brain about something very inspirational for the road race, but really all that I've been focusing on this pandemic is trying to learn how to be more honest with myself Um, and just the, you know, what means more to me than others? Is it worth stressing about? Like, is this something I really want to do? I put pressure on myself in the beginning of this pandemic to learn a new hobby and to finally, you know, do the things that I've been wanting to do if only I had the time. And I think what I realized a few weeks into the pandemic is like, I was almost lying to myself of like, Mm. those are the things I wanted and I needed. And so it's just a young professional and trying to figure out like what adulthood is and um, balance everything. I think just learning the past couple of weeks and how am I really feeling um, and just being honest with myself about that. And it's actually really helped when reaching out to, you know, 
potential firms to participate or individuals and just having that, um, that empathy and just kind of understanding what really matters right now. Yeah. I'm with you, Allison, because thoughts have run through my head too. Like maybe I'll finally re- uh, learn how to play the guitar like well and not the way I play it now or something like that. And it's like, oh, look, we've got all, I've got all this time. You could do so many things. I had a friend once who we went to college together and we happened to be both really like, uh, you know, video files, meaning we watched a hell of a lot of TV. And so one one year in one year in his adult life, he said, "I'm going to take an entire year off from TV because uh, maybe I'm afraid it's melting my brain or something." And I said, "What are you going to do with all that time?" He goes, "Well, that's what's exciting. Maybe I'll write a book." Maybe by the end of it, I I asked him. So he stuck to it, and I said, "So what did you learn? What did you do?" He said, "I, I learned I'm a pretty lazy guy. Like I, I like I didn't I didn't write the novel. I didn't write the screenplay. I didn't do anything else. But I just kind of learned how to enjoy other things in life other than TV. And I think that that's mm-hmm. kind of like what I've learned now is." Is, is if you're not enjoying today, then you're missing the whole point. You know, like, like don't, don't get some huge book that's going to teach you how to, you know, learn Spanish, unless that's really, really, really what you want to do when you're going to enjoy the journey along the way. But if you're forever yearning to get to some other place, well, the place where you're at might be pretty good too. So great thoughts. I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. Allison, did we leave out any details about the race? I think we did it. I think we, I think we nailed it. June 12th. It's a Friday. There you go. $40. Run, walk, walk, bike, wherever you are. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's just like that old song from the whiz walk on down the road. No, that's ease on <laughs> down the road. Anyways, I'm going to learn how to walk. Um, I like a good walk. You know, you run a little bit and then when you decide you don't want to run anymore, you don't have to. This is America. You can walk for a little while. It's okay. People, they just want you to move. 13th annual lawyers have heart road race. Thank you to Ben Perkins, Josh Lenoet, Dave McGilvray, and Allison Dowent. You guys are awesome. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Not as much fun as if we were outside, but we marshal on, and so does the American Heart Association. Thank you guys for all the work. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Thank, thank you for listening to the... You got it. Thank you. You got it, guys. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. If you want to be a guest on this show, just email me, david at pod617.com. On behalf of all my friends from the American Heart Association, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Get out there. Move. Walk. Run. Walk. Walk, everybody. Walk.